Hey, Gabby. Hi. Okay, so thank you everyone for joining so far. We apologize for the late start. I was having some technical difficulties, but we're here nonetheless. So we can just wait for like a few more people to join. So in the meantime, I'll just play some music, okay? Sure. I hope you're excited today no more. A lot of people are looking forward to this live. <laughs> uh, let's, let's just say it's a little bit nervous because this is the first time I'm actually going on an IG live. So it's a, it's a bit of a new experience for me. Never done this before. Okay, so cool. Very interested in doing this. All right, cool, cool. Hold on for one sec, I'll be back. Sure. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining. All right, I'm going to start soon, so I don't want to hold up any more time. Okay, so hi, everyone. Welcome again to Ask Gabby. This is now episode six. Thank you for joining us. So before we jump into the actual discussion about youth political participation, we're going to do our first segment entitled, Let's Talk About It. I'm not, since you're here, you can give me your opinions about I'm going to talk about that as well. A youth political. So in the past week. Lovely. <laughs> okay, so in the past week, we've heard a lot of things in the news and out on social media. So the first thing that I was actually shocked by was the case of a five-year-old little boy who got bitten by the dogs in Saint Anne. Yeah, you heard about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was, it's not the first time that we're hearing about something like this, and mm-hmm. it kind of annoyed me that every time something like this happens, we hear some uproar, we hear people talking about it, and then it stops. So I'm glad now that the Justice Minister, he's trying to put more legislation in place to penalize dog owners alone. A lot of dog owners aren't happy about that, the dog owners are mm-hmm. saying, no, but you know, sometimes the dogs they stray and we don't let them do certain things. But I know that the justice minister he's trying to look at more ways to prevent this from happening. So I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move. People need to take care of their dogs, keep them inside the People yard. People need to be responsible for, for the dogs and at the end of the day dogs are the property of people and if your property does something that's wrong you're going to be held accountable for it so of course easily facts easily. big facts are so true so i'm just happy that the young boy he's getting treatment now i'm happy that they actually 
flew him out really quickly. They flew him out and they flew his mom out to get treatment. So I know that he did one of his surgeries so far. So I just pray that he flew through with the other surgeries. Yeah. 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 So the other thing that we're going to talk about now is the triple myrtle in Spanish town, right? So last week I mentioned that our society, I just realized that we're just really aggressive and we just like to fight people. Last week I was talking about the case of the 17-year-old girl and the six men beat her and her friend up. Mm-hmm. And last week I was saying, where is our point of reference? Where are our morals, right? So I didn't expect that I'd be coming here again this week so shortly after being shocked by the triple murder. And it's like, a lot of us were so desensitized to crime and what's happening. It's an 82-year-old grandma, a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. And and a 6-year-old. It's it's crazy to me that, like, the uproar has been so little. But then again, I'm not even so much looking for an uproar because I know lots of times that we've had uproar in society about a about a violent crime and really and truly it's for nothing then you wonder like what what do we need to do to kind of you know try and see what we can really do to get something get something done because it's crazy that you kill three and a senior citizen and two children that makes absolutely no sense and like nothing was nothing was said basically like uh, I, I i can't understand honestly for me i really can't understand Mm-hmm. And I know I don't know what the motive was so far, if it was a reprisal, killing, or anything. A lot of people don't know why the murder happened. Not just that. When I read the article, it said that they were shot execution style. Yeah. When yeah. I watched the news, a young lady, she was just bawling because she said she just did a little baby here. And you can see that for one of them, she was running away. And they still shot her and killed her. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know where society is going. I don't know what we can actually do to help because usually some people are just evil. And yeah. I don't know how we're going to help change society. And we have to try and do that now because we're the ones coming up, you know. All the problems that they're having, we're going to be the ones that are going to inherit the, the results of all the bad decisions that we make today. And that's that's a really good segue to go into the discussion, really and truly, because um, youth in politics, that is, this is really what it's about. Because if it is that youth, do, youth don't actually step up and start making their voice be heard in policies and um, making constructive decisions within this country, at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that's going to reap the results of those bad decisions that happened today. So it's kind of really important for, for youth to do those things. True, true. And somebody said the heart of men is desperately wicked. Certainly. That's very true. So before we segue into the discussion, I just have one more thing that we really need to talk about, right? So around this time now, I know that a lot of students are struggling to pay university fees across oh. the board. Yeah. Across the board. I know that's always an issue, but for this year, a lot of people, they're just finding it harder to pay fees. Yeah. So before I came online, I saw that the guild president of UWE, he said that he would be talking to admin because they found out that some people, they're still on the waiting list of SLB. 
they're still on the waiting list. So you can imagine so many people put so many measures in place to try and finance their education. Yeah. And maybe some people, they wouldn't want to take a leave of absence. You know, that's not ideal. They still want to go to school. They still want to learn. But universities, they still have costs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know in the case Maybe of not. yeah, my university, what the Guild has done yeah. is that students who are allowed to go to classes, they're allowed to sit their mid-semesters even if they didn't clear their fees, but now final exams are rolling in. They're about to start in about two weeks. So I know a lot of people are anxious because it would have been that they would have been at school all this time. They would have been doing all the coursework. They would have been going to the classes, doing the assignments and there may be a possibility of being barred from exams. Mm -hmm. So I also know a lot of students have been trying to work to finance their education. That's very difficult. So some difficult. people right now, they're stressed out because they're trying to work and earn money and they're trying to also go to school. So I know a lot of people, they're anxious right now. They're stressed out. And the issue of, the issue of um, tertiary financing is something that, that's huge because um, I can speak from personal experience because I, I have SLV loans, right, and that I have to be repaying. And it's, it's crazy to me that, firstly, let, let's look at the whole, whole concept of a tertiary financing options, such as SLV. You are most, common, most commonly, Jamaicans generally go to school when they are around 17, 18 years old, thereabouts. 17, 18, 19, they're about. Firstly, you are just becoming a, an adult and you are making making a decision that's going to saddle yourself with in excess of um, $300,000 in debt on your onset, on your get-go. The minute you become an adult, you are burdened with $300,000 in debt right on the get-go. And for persons who, who are on the, the, the worst off on the scale, they have to take around four years' worth of SLB loans. So... At the point of graduation, you, you end up leaving school with at least $1.2 million in debt. And um, in my mind, this is crazy. So how are you then expected to leave school with that amount of debt and um, find a decent job to pay it off? It then means that you are not only selling that you know, responsibility of paying off it as soon as you leave university, but you are also robbing the country of a... Of a productive young person going forward because one of the things with one of one of the back end um, problems with, with um student debt is the fact that it doesn't lend a student to be innovative to be creative in their thinking to uh, build the country going forward because mm. if it's that you graduate with 1.2 million dollars in student loan debt your main your main focus as soon as you leave university would be to get a job that can pay that loan off right if it is that that same student did not leave school with $1.2 million in debt, they would be thinking more creatively, thinking about starting a business that can actually, um, you know, earn tax revenue for the country going forward. So imagine the difference that would make, let's say, 100 students leave university, no debt, and then 100 of them, let's say 50 of them start businesses, and um, half of that, let's say 25 actually succeed, make it to, to running um, decent businesses and maybe out of that 25 one actually becomes a large corporation then the other 100 persons that did, the other 50 persons that didn't start a business or the other other 99 persons that business that didn't um, become large those persons can then be hired by this business so then you can, they're looking at that one company 
going forward that can maybe employ another thousand Jamaicans. That is the power of em- empowering young people to actually be innovative and creative as soon as they leave university. Those are the most productive years of a young person's lives. Rather than being mm-hmm. spent repaying off a loan at a job that's not that's paying you as little as they really want to pay you, it can put be put towards a pro, a young person being productive, being innovative, and thinking of solutions that that's outside so the box true. That you can actually export. Yeah, that's 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 how I look at it. To me, um, having a student that has debt actually robs the country of a productive asset in a young person that is thinking creatively and thinking critically about solutions. I can actually build the country going forward. That's really how I see it. And that makes I'm not too sure how our economy was at a particular time, but I know at some point in the past, people could have gone to university free, as long as they maintain certain good grades. So, yeah. you know, if you don't have the pressure of certain expenses, you can excel and do your best at school. And afterwards, exactly. if you want to go on and create your businesses now, you can do that. Like yeah, that's that. that's a, if you if no for real if you do that you still want to you can you can still go forward but having debt as soon as you leave university saddles a student with that with paying the burden of paying off that debt um as soon as they leave and it doesn't lend that student to take risk because you and I both know that starting a business in, is inherently risky it's a highly risky venture and you adding you if you have one point two million dollars in, in in debt on your head to think about. You are not gonna be able to take risk. You're, well, you well, I think you wouldn't want to take risk at that because you got bills to pay, right? And that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. If if it is that every single one of our, our young persons now are leaving university with debt to pay off, who's gonna be that person that says, Hey, I wanna take a risk and start this company and see what can happen? Nobody's gonna be around to do that. And that's why you see the cycle that we have of, of not being creative, not creating innovative businesses. The cycle is going to continue. Oh, some people are being creative, are but not in a good yes. sense. Some right. are trying to scam me. Right. Exactly. Right. But it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scale thing. And the more person we have leaving school who are willing to take that risk to start that business, is the more chances of at least two, three, four, five, ten of them would actually succeed. You have to scale up the amount of successes that we're going to have in the, in the entrepreneur sector because we really have to, that's what we really and truly need. All we right, thank you. So for those risk. of you, for those of you who are just joining, this is Javon Moat, right? You've been hearing him speak so far, and I'm pretty sure you're interested in that. Whoa, this boy, has, this young man has a lot of sense. I'm very interested. So Javon <laughs> Moat, he has taken on many titles he's worn many hats so right <laughs> now all right now javon i'm going to let you introduce yourself i'm going to let you introduce yourself uh let me introduce myself ah i don't like this question don't be shy no you do many it things feels, <laughs> tell the people who's javon more it feels like that question that you get asked that that question that everybody gets asked on that job interview like tell us about yourself <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hates the answer. Yeah. All right. Um, in a nutshell, um, I'm very passionate about two things. Passionate about um, youth development and um, political mm-hmm. engagement. Those are my two defining factors. If you cut open my belly right now, only thing I'll come out, <laughs> youth engagement and, and um, politi- political engagement. Those are two things. Um, foundation being um, from University of Technology, while I was there, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, 
um, president of the School of Computing Emerging Technology Students Council. I um, was also on the the UTEC Students Union um, Council. Firstly, as first year as the um, editor in chief, is in charge of um, content creation and uh, management of union um, materials. Then I was the skate representative. The second time I was on that, I was also a member of um, the Generation Technology Vice President at a, for a year. And then uh, outside of that, when I left university, um, youth parliament for it was a it was the county coordinator for the Middlesex County. Hi, Gabby. And Ooh. then um, was also elected the youth youth um, prime minister for that year as well. So, political engagement, youth leadership um, are core to who I am. Uh, and professionally, I'm a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a website developer specializing in creation of um, websites for businesses. So, there's that on the professional side. Hey, That's really but you do many things. <laughs> yes. Right, so everyone, Javon is multifaceted. And you love to drink tea. Yes. <laughs> Our sex people, we know, we know what that means. <laughs> okay, so Javon, so <laughs> the first question I ask people, right? I ask people, when you hear youth political participation, what do you think about? And some people thought, okay, voting. Some other people thought being a student leader. But we know that it's broader than that. So when you hear youth political participation, what do you think about? All right, youth political participation. This is one of the things I, I like to, you know, broaden person's horizons on. Youth political participation is a very broad thing. It's really, it's mm -hmm. not just persons engaging in the political process. It's not just voting every five years. It's more than that. It's, it's a person's actually going out Every five years, that's voting, that's one part of it. But it's also being active and engaging at the community level. Because one of the things that persons generally forget in democracies is that it's one thing to elect a leader, but you also have to hold them accountable. And how one holds their leaders accountable is to continuously going to them week to week, month to month, year to year, saying, yo, MP, say, yo, councillor, um, we're having this problem over here. We'd, I'd love for you to come and address this problem that we're having in the community. That's one side of it as well. You can also make your voice be heard on a national level by saying, we have newspapers in Jamaica, of the Gleaner, of the Observer. You write, you, know, you write letters to the Gleaner highlighting certain issues in society that need to be addressed by our political leaders. That's also another way of actually um, engaging the political process. Um, anything that is allowing persons to actually engage in the political process, that's a means of them um, engaging with it, right? So it could be as simple as demonstration. Yes, demonstration is exactly a political right, and it is exactly <laughs> a way of engagement. If it is that your leader is not doing something, call them out on it and say, hey, yo, yo, Mr. Mr. Council, Mr. MP, you, you have not been doing the work. And we're going to demonstrate make everybody know, say, yo, you're being incompetent. Because at the end of the day, we're the ones who vote for them. So when they might do foolishness, mm -hmm. we have to be the ones to call them out and say, hey, you're doing rubbish right now. Right? And, I and, think a lot of people don't realize that the power lies with the people, not necessarily with the leaders. 
yeah, we all of us have become somewhat disengaged with the process because we generate the results that we're looking for are not um, instantaneous. Like for example, on social media, we do something, the, the reaction to it is instant, but we have to understand that because because we're used to it being instant on social media, the reaction that we get about matters of political engagement, those aren't instant. Those take a little bit of time. But what you find is if you actually stick it out, continue doing what you're doing, the results are going to come and they're going to make meaningful impact. But they have to be patient and push a concerted effort in getting the advocacy that we want for a particular thing done. So we have to just keep pushing and keep um keep making our, our, our point respectfully but forcefully. So that's really mm -hmm. how I look at it. It's not it's not a thing where it's happened instantaneously. Nothing in in um in terms of how our democracy runs happens instantaneously. It takes concerted and long term effort to make something happen. Okay, so for my radical people you hear that you can't just have change overnight. It happens gradually. And it's a process. And I'm glad that you brought up the MPs and councillors because I've realized that a lot of people, they still don't know the differences. And even at the youth level, see, we have National Youth Parliament of Jamaica. So we were former youth MPs, as well as you have youth councillors, right? So mm -hmm. can you just differentiate briefly between a councillor and an MP so people can understand a bit better? There is a massive, massive, massive difference between both of them. I think this is one of the most mis the, the biggest misconception in terms of Jamaican politics there is. All right, so people, mm -hmm. a member of parliament is not responsible for fixing roads. By by the letter of the constitution, True. they're not they're not responsible for fixing your roads. The only thing our, our member of parliament is actually mandated to actually do is to go to go to Gordon House, um, in the sittings, um, craft legislations that build the country going forward. Um, making sure that government boards are, are audited and overseen, making sure that the country's finances are being spent properly. That's what an MP is supposed to do. But because the next set of persons are not doing the work that they're supposed to be doing, a lot of work tends to fall on members of parliament. Councillors mm -hmm. are supposed to be the ones that fix the roads, are the ones that mm -hmm. make sure the markets are clean, are the ones that make sure that they that they, they the street lights that you see on the road are actually um, serviced by JPS when they when it is that they go out of service. Councils are supposed to be the one that raises your concern about the community at the municipal council meeting on on a regular basis and have the mayor, who the person who's in charge of the municipality, fix the problems that they're having, right? So those are the persons that, that should really be doing the the bulk of the. The lifting on the ground, but because they haven't been doing a lot of the work that they're supposed to be doing, it tends to fall mm -hmm. on the members of parliament to, to carry weight. And then it seems as if um, the member of parliament is not doing what they're doing. But it's one of those things that happen. So that's really what it comes down to. Okay, so thank you for explaining that. Thank you so much because I know, especially around election time, a lot of people were very confused mm -hmm. about the duties that an MP as versus a council so for those of you watching and you want to become engaged in the political process it doesn't have to be this big grand affair you're supposed to have meetings with councillors mm -hmm. councillors have meetings with their constituents right so that's yeah. where you get to voice their concerns mm -hmm. and their youth councils as well so we actually know quite a few people on the St. 
Catherine Youth Parish Council, and they're very active and they do a lot of work around the parish. So mm -hmm. other than that, Devon, what does youth, part youth political participation mean for self? What does it mean? Why should we care? Why does it matter? Why you take up yourself? Okay. Why you want to do this? All right. Let's say for right. the example I generally use to kind of show um, what I'm talking about is tell me something that, that means something to you. I love dancing. Okay. Culture. You love dancing. Youth political participation means that the person that, that you elect into office, the person that gets mm -hmm. your vote, are persons that are going to be persons that champions the development and the fostering of an environment that, that uh, makes the, the, the art forms of dancing or, or the culinary arts or the, 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 the visual arts possible. Persons that are going to be pushing the interest of saying, you know, there should be a dance academy or there should be an arts academy within every parish. That is what youth political participation means. So, for example... You know, saying that, hey, um, a, candidate want, a candidate wants your vote, wants Gabby's vote, right? You're going to say, hey, Gabby, um, you know, I, I, it is my vision to, say, build a school for the arts in every particular parish. This is something I think your vision is. This is something I want your support, you, you to support me on. And because you are engaging that candidate, because you, he knows that you have a vote and you're going to use it and you're going to support him in an election, he's going to make sure that he puts your priorities in his manifesto in order to get those things done when he is elected. If he doesn't, you then say, hey, I voted for you last time. You didn't do what I, what I, what I wanted you to do, so I'm not voting for you again. That is a simple, simple, simple breakdown of how how representational politics works. You have a, a candidate who wants to be elected to office and the person that elected to office, they, every, or we all have interests. No matter, no matter what somebody says, there's, a, there's something that we want that, that our representatives are going to try and sell us that they're going to do when they're in office. That's really what it comes down to. But it's, it's really naturally up to us to hold them say, hey, you made me this promise when you were running for elections. If you don't give this to me, you're not getting back in office. That's simply what it comes down to. It's them making a promise to you because that's really and truly what a manifesto is. A manifesto is essentially a contract between a, a candidate and the electors that say, when I'm in office, these are the things, these are going to be my priorities when I'm in office. And that contract between elector and the candidate is signed when they are, when they are put in office. So when it is that you, when it is that their, when it is that their tenure has been completed and you look at that, look at that manifesto and you say, he did this, he did this, he did this, he didn't do this, he didn't do this. He didn't. You, can, you can easily say, oh, if he, if, he did 10 things, if he had 10 things on that manifesto and he only did 5 out of 10, he got a 50% grade. It's as simple as that and say, wow, it's, it's, it's really just one of those things that he makes a promise. Keep the promise, gets back in the office. Don't keep promise, vote him out. It's a simplified approach. Right, so I like that you described it on a bigger picture. So I would suggest for a more local scale, I want you all to know that we have 
in most parishes, we have YICs. Those are youth information centers. If it's the first time you're hearing about it, they exist, okay? They exist. They exist. So what happens is that you literally have youth empowerment officers there. You mm-hmm. go to the YIC office. And if you want to see particular events, you want to have certain outreach projects, you can literally talk to the youth empowerment officer and they can work with you to put them on. So if you have an idea and you think for whatever reason, it may be harder to reach your representative or your representative may just be very busy, you can put something on too. Yeah. You can be engaged in the political participation process. So that's another thing that you can do at the local level. So you touched on a bit at the country level. So why is it important for us to care about what happens in the country? Right? We can just get up and we can leave at some point. You know, we're here, we get our degrees, we can go work overseas, we can raise our families overseas. Why is it important for country? All right. Um, for me, for me, it's different for me because I, All right. I love I love my country, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. go anywhere else. I mean, I'll travel, I'll visit, I'll be a tourist, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to live and pick up, pack up my family and go somewhere else. That's never going to happen. This is where I was born. This is where I'm going to die. This is where I'm going to live, right? So I love my country. But for a lot, for a lot of other persons, it's, it's not easy living here. And I acknowledge that fact. A lot of persons easily acknowledge that fact, right? But... Mm-hmm. We, after Jamaicans, after young Jamaicans, have a vision that Jamaica can be better, have a vision that Jamaica should be better. And I agree. How we get there, that's, that's on us. We have to actually get up and say, hey, I think I can do better. I think we can all work together and we can do better. Right? And... In order to get there, we all have to be pulling in the same direction. I think we can. But Javon, sometimes we hear this, and I know some people are frustrated. Mm -hmm. But how can we actually create change? Yes, we understand that it has to be gradual now. So we can't Mm -hmm. be radical and expect things to change tomorrow. But how can we actually create change? Because sometimes we speak up and we feel like nothing is happening. So we understand we can do things at our local level, but if we want the country to change, and we see the country going somewhere, we have a trajectory, what can we do and actually have hope? I think, I think um, most of Jamaicans know the core problems that we have in the country. Um, crime and violence. There's a Vision 2030. It's a pretty good example of what, what we're talking about. There's a whole Vision 2030 document that describe where we want to be and the problems that we in a sense it, it states the problems that we have currently like a place to live work and to raise a family in that mean we have to take on the crime the violence we have to take on the the, the urbanization the, the natural environment the the healthcare all those things are, are wrapped up in that document some some simple things that we can do at a, at a local level that um, makes the world of a difference, stop littering. Simple thing. There's a video on it. There's a video on social media of the of someone sweeping up a sweeping up a location and then pushing the garbage in the drain. I don't know if you see if you've seen that video. Those are simple things that we can just just educate each other, hold each other accountable. Because one of the things that happens often is that 
even though we see somebody doing something that's wrong, we never correct them. We say, yo, it's none of my business. <laughs> and that's the problem. If every single one of us get up and we say, yo, that's none of my business, I will keep moving on. What, what, what really, we know better, you know, and we do better. But our neighbors don't do better. And we don't say anything to our neighbors to have them do better, right? So what have we really achieved? It's, it's a, I remember what I said, you know, we all have been pulling in the same direction. If you are pulling left and me are pulling right, then what are we, where are we really going? We're not going anywhere. So we all have to be pulling in the same direction. I have to be, I have to want good for Jamaica, but everybody else, everybody else also needs to want good for Jamaica too, because. That's true. We have to work together. If, if half of us want good and next half, not really care then we're not going anywhere that's true so i like yeah. that you said that so no, even though we want change all the way at the top we still have a responsibility as citizens so even though we're going to hold our leaders accountable we still see certain things that are happening so we have to be the change right. we want to see that sounds very right. cliche but you would be surprised yeah. when you start something the chain reaction that you can actually set off and that's the thing that that's a fundamental problem we have with, with fixing things in the countries because we we want change but we think change comes from the top and yes. that's not the case change doesn't come from the top change starts with you and me wanting better and pushing to get things be get things to be better and then once we're pushing to get things to be better our leaders have to actually respond or else they're going to be booted out of office Remember, you know, the leaders that we get in politics are a reflection of the country. That, mm-hmm. is, that is true more, no more than ever. Whereby the person who leads the country, God forbid me this example, but Donald Trump, for example, he's a, those persons are a reflection of the country because you're the, you're the one that actually um, elects them to office, don't it? Even though you may not have voted for him, a majority of the country did vote for him. So he is, in fact, a reflection of the country. Whether you like it or not, that's, that's, that's where we are. Your leaders are a reflection of you. So in that, on that basic concept, in order for change doesn't come from the top. Change comes from individual persons in the country wanting better and actually making active changes to get better. Okay. So... You mentioned that we have to rally together and we have to start creating change. I've mm-hmm. heard about something new starting, you know, it's called the Millisex Foundation. Can you tell us more about the Millisex Foundation? Full <laughs> <laughs> disclosure, you know, me and Gabby, you know, we're, we're founding members of the Middlesex Foundation, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a youth <laughs> initiative that we started to make the lives of young persons so not really young persons but everybody in the county of Middlesex just a little bit better our focus right now in, is inter, is is really in terms of education and youth upliftment um, we started like a couple of months back you know with uh, two sets of scholarships so far we did one in August also one in September to, to mm-hmm. four lovely lovely students I can't recall the names at this time I'm terrible with names but um, we gave them a, a, a small, you know, scholarship. Each of them, um, two in Saint Anne and two in um, Saint Mary. Um, we're planning. We're actually planning to have a third this month for two students in Manchester. You know, so yeah. that is really actually the, the the aim is to those, those small steps because that's money gathered from our friends and associates and us out of our pockets. So. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a Bill Gates scholarship. It's just a small donation from a <laughs> person, you know. 
and then we put it so together. So we solved problem, and we identified that, especially in this pandemic, a lot of people are finding it hard to go back to school, and we want to continue to fund these students and ensure that they get an education. So if we just sat down and continue to complain and say, "Boy, the children finding it rough; they can't go to school," nothing would happen. But we decided to come together and pool our resources together so that yeah. they can go and actually get an education. Who knows? Maybe somebody else will be inspired and say, "Okay, let me try and give a child a tablet." And you mm-hmm. can talk to either one of us if you want to donate because we need to continue sending these children to school. November is almost up. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes, don't be surprised at your initiative because you may be the hope that people have. So no matter how small it is, still do it. Still and do the it. thing is, you know, the small actions actually count because you might never know how much of a large ripple your small action actually makes. Because you may think that it's just a little bit of, little bit of help just now to one student, but that one student may have been so, so inspired by what you have done for them that they say, hey, I can't let this, this effort that someone put into me go to waste. And they themselves, you know, do something that's great, you know, start actually helping their community because their society, Jamaica on a whole, trusted in them, gave them an opportunity. So they believe that it is their duty to reciprocate. And these yes. small actions actually help. And if every single one of us actually got up and did a small thing, you know, you know, found a student in a home to, you know, do a mentorship program or make a small donation to a family that is that is in a worse off spot than you, then together as a country we can move forward because um one of the critical things is it's where it's valued more when it is that you yourself are not rich. Because it's worth more than when it when you're giving basically as much as you have yourself, it's worth more. True. Because it's easy for somebody who has a million dollars to give $5,000 as a donation. But True. imagine you as a person who, you know, is an average person earning an average living, you giving a donation to somebody. That's actually worth a lot more money because at the end of the day, you yourself are not in a grandiose position to say, hey, you can give to charity. No, it's just a, it's, this is basically, you know, you're taking a little bit from yourself, putting make somebody else give them an upliftment so it's it's to me i think it's worth more it is so javon thank you so much for having this wonderful discussion with us what you need to get from this everyone is that politics is not just for people at the top it affects every one of us it's not just vertical it's horizontal and we need to help each other out so see we have our scholarship initiative. Well, that's what it is right now. And I'm expanding. So you can do something. Maybe you want to donate care packages. Maybe you want to help right. somebody to learn mm-hmm. a skill. That's still important. We all need still each important. other. Okay. Yes. Very so important. Thank you so much. And Javon, if people want to donate, if they're very inspired about donating to our cause, give them some information about that. That is true. Um, I, you can reach out to me, you know, on Instagram. You can easily just just send a message, say, "Hey, I want to donate," and I can set up the details to have you, you know, just reach out, send that, send a um, send a uh, message in Instagram. That's fine. Or to either me or Gabby, we can definitely, um, you know, 
you know, have a have a conversation to work that out. No worries. Okay. All right. So thank you so much, everyone, for sticking around. Thank you for joining and participating, for listening keenly. And I hope that you're inspired by this talk and that you'll understand that nothing is too small. Just start. Other people eventually join you. Okay, so we're going to close now, everyone. Bye. Thanks for having me, Gabby. No problem, man. Thanks for coming. Oh, yeah.